Welcome to The Missing Link by Lincoln Leeds. This podcast believes many people struggle with barriers to access and help, but together we want to normalise these barriers and open up a conversation to help everyone feel better. We're going to be speaking with a variety of people and learning from their experiences of well-being. So let's get started. Hello, Damien. Welcome to the Missing Link podcast. It's great to to have you on. How, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Ethan, yeah, great. For our listeners who obviously you know, might not know you, do you want to just give them a bit of a brief? Uh, yeah, sure. Well, my name's Damien Daughtry, and I'm the coordinator of the Men's Health Unlocked Network, which basically is a, a network linking together Anyone and everyone who has an interest in supporting men's health and well-being, and that can be individuals, and can be men and women volunteers, it could be individual staff, it could be whole projects and whole organisations, local or national. But basically, with an interest with in, in supporting men in and around the Leeds area. Work organisation called Forum Central, which which is one of these sort of in-between organisations that links. Uh, links sort of charities and community groups and in, in with the statutory organisations like the council and the NHS and just helps bring all that what sort of work together and keep each other informed about what's going on out there so, so everyone can sort of easier work with each other and find out how better to do to, to get on with what they want to do with their jobs. Brilliant. So yeah, you work and employed by Farm Central as the umbrella, but you specifically work in men's health and law. How long have you been working in kind of men's health specifically or in this team? Oh, right. Well, um, in terms of men's health, well, I've been doing community work since around the sort of 2000, 2000, 2001, sometime around then. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to work on, 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 um, on the estates around Osmondthorpe and Holtermore doing community work there. And I've done various bits and bobs since then, but in, in 2016 or is it 2015? No, it's 2015. I got a job with the Orion Partnership in East Leeds um, as, as an insight and development worker for men. And basically, it was, it was a nice job, and I got to sort of try out different ways to, to engage men and try and encourage men to, to take part in activities. And with the idea, you know, it was based on statistics around men's health. And so we were targeting men who were at risk of poor health, and we wanted to get them out of their flats, out of their homes, out of, you know, and get them engaged and stuff so we could work with them and, and and help them feel better about themselves both in their minds and feel better in their bodies as well by doing different activities with them so yeah so that was in 2015 i've just sort of carried on my interest in men's health since then and and last not last year it was a year before it was november 2020 i was i was lucky enough to to get the job as coordinator of this of men's health uh unlocked in this in a city which is just absolutely brilliant in terms of supporting men's health so it's a great place to be. Yeah, and a, and a great cause as as well. I know from uh, the research doesn't come to mind at the moment, but I have read before that the the challenge of uh, of connecting with especially kind of middle aged to to older men and make them feel socially included and just gain that conversation all open and, and engagement can always be be challenging. In terms of like men's health, what kind of things have, have you noticed that has been maybe a barrier for them or, or been been challenging for them? I suppose it it it's it always a combination of what I've noticed myself, I suppose, and what what the statistics say, and what and what the the organisations 
I work with what what they say as well. Mm. You know, um, I mean, certainly I think there is the thing about um, I I find when we, a lot of the key that I personally find around working with men is once you get men into the projects that you're running. Um, for example, you know, you're running, you've got your table tennis, weekly table tennis activity you're doing, or your walking group, um, or even a discussion group that you're running. But w- once you get the guys there, by and large, they're just as likely to stay or leave as, as any other person is going to a group. Because, mm-hmm. you know, hello, 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 Mr. Blogs, you know, what is it you want to do? <laughs> I want to go for a walk, we'll do a walking group. It's, it's, it's not rocket science, but you, you're putting on what they want. But... The key for working with men, I find, is often is getting them there in the first place and helping them to sit up and take notice of what is out there. And sometimes I think, you know, they need a little bit of extra, um, uh, well, we, uh, we, we call it hand-holding. We don't have to literally hold people's hands, but, you mm-hmm. know, going around to their houses if you want and support or phoning them up and supporting them to get to, get to groups. And, and I know workers who have done that, uh, and they've seen the success on the back of that because – if you like, if they're like me, you, you can be creatures of habit, and 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 you know, there there is a thing about um, women do tend to work in more social networks than men, mm. and and so they have the networks there. You you'll find that in older men, the, the suicide rate for men over eighty starts going up again, so it drops a bit, and then it goes up again after eighty, and they think that's because one of the reasons for that is that men of that age if they lose their their wives they lose their network and then become more isolated and so their health drops whereas with if the if it's the other way around that is less likely to be the case so men don't have those networks so you know they need pulling out a lot more and i know certainly in my life um i could be rubbish at getting out you know and when i've been around people who are better at getting out but maybe it's a you know maybe um if i've lived with with my girlfriend or something like that or in a house of people i've been a lot better at going out and actually enjoying a bit more of the of of, of the nice life of other people and other environments and not just it's so easy to just enjoy your own your own company and just stick on football manager or something <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's that stereotype which you know has some some basis and some general evidence about you say women having more of these social networks and going out there more and, and men generally again you know don't want to generalize but will will stay to themselves and kind of stay inward and if they have these issues not necessarily reach out and and tell people i mean do you find that a lot that you said there about pulling people out the the kind of stereotype, generally speaking, is that you know men are, are maybe less communicative and, and need to be drawn out more to to make these social connections. Would you say that that is is valid? And and if so, how how do you how do you engage these men in the first place? How do you start those social networks? That's a really good question, actually, um, and something that I've pondered and talked to others about quite a lot. There is the there is the stereotype, um, which I go with to you know a a good extent is that the men talk side by side and women talk face to face Mm. you know um again i don't particularly have stats to back that up but i do know from experience you know for example if if i've got a friend coming to visit me i haven't seen for two years uh i'm probably better at it now than i was but (laughs) when i was younger i'd stand there i'd feel quite awkward for a bit and say what to think what do we say so I, i know in my own life if i've got a friend who i haven't seen for for a for, say for a couple of years and 
I'm better now than I was, but you, you, maybe I'd feel a bit awkward. I'm not sure what to say. If I was in, just, I don't know, changing the tyre on my car or something, or can you pass through the spanner? And and it's that, that's how we, you know, I sort of, sort of we bond again, and then conversation comes on the back of that, or he takes the Mickey out of, I don't know, you know, I don't know, my, my hand not being very very grubby and you know too much pen pushing or whatever you know, <laughs> you know that sort of thing. And I do often in my work with with men and with other and with other communities of interest as well as we call them but uh i do often you, you do often use handles to get people in to start opening up about stuff whether it be a walking group um or or going to play golf or, or whatever it is now on the other hand now we're very lucky in mental health unlocked in that on, on our on our sort of steering group and one of the key proponents of men's health and the men's health movement in leeds mm-hmm. um and he's on our steering group, is, is Alan White, and he's the Emeritus Professor of Men's Health from Leeds Beckett University. He's also one of the leading experts on men's health in the world, you know, and wow. you know, the World Health Organization had him writing a paper recently. You know, he's right up there. Now, he says that um, if you give men permission to talk and give them a space in which to talk and start sharing their issues, you know, which classically they don't. Classically, we said they don't open up about. If you give them that chance to do that, they will start opening up. And there's a great example of that um, in Leeds and elsewhere in Andy's Man Club, because mm. you know, I'm, I, I, I've, you know, I've not been to one. And to be honest, unless I was a service user, I don't think I'd. You know, they're, they're getting on with their thing. Why, you know, why would I parachute in just to observe? It feels a bit weird that. But, but if I was to go as a user, I understand what what would happen is that. You get every week. They get about thirty men sat around in a circle and have a ball that they pass on to each. It goes around the circle, and if you've got the ball, you can say something or pass it on. Uh, you can say nothing and pass it on, or say something, and then you talk about how you're feeling. And those men do start opening up. Maybe not in your first session, but they do start opening up. And a lot of difficult and important, and maybe not as difficult as they might have been actually, conversations start happening. You know. And then, of course, I start going back to my male stereotype, and I start, oh, yeah. And then, and then men start trying to outdo each other with how bad their lives are. It all becomes quite competitive, you know. In which you can't shut them up, you know. And, uh, who knows? That, 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 that's just a sort of stereotype, just to make myself laugh a little bit, you know. I wouldn't go too far with that because, but the point remains the same. You give men the permission in that space, and they will start, will start chatting, you know, and. I'm the same with it. Actually, I think I'm, I am quite an open person, and I, I often talk about, you know, probably possibly to the point of boredom with somebody. <laughs> I might be worried about or something. But at the same time, there are people you don't talk to as well, for sometimes for very good reason. As yeah, well, of course. Definitely. So, I mean, you said there's about, like with anyone, building that trust, giving people permission, and perhaps maybe more specifically with men, giving them maybe an, un, an unrelated task or an opportunity where that permission is not necessarily spoken or said directly, you have permission to speak. We're just getting an open space. We're going to talk about it, let you come or go as, as you, you please. And letting people really build that confidence with, with opening up, which can be very vulnerable for, for everyone, especially for, like I say, for, for men who, who classically might have this, this image of, of trying to be strong. 
Yeah, I, I think it is the image as well. And also it can be down to experience as well, you know. It could be a personal experience. Maybe they've opened up to someone and it's backfired because that person's then gone and, you know, blabbed the secret. You know, we've all been there. We've been to yeah. school in the playground and we've had it when we are older too, you know. Um, or it could be they've been to a benefits. You know, they've gone to claim the benefits and they've just revealed something and then suddenly honestly revealed something about a circumstance change and suddenly they've had their benefits taken off them for a month and they can't buy any food. Mm. kids you know and it's like and yet they've revealed that innocently and actually you know it'll be a bureaucratic reason they're not getting paid rather than they're not actively seeking work or they don't need the money you know so so you know you can you know sometimes but and and like it's like you said the word trust i think is that you said that is really important isn't it it is about spaces you can trust and obviously places like andy man's club and 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 you know the men's groups a lot of the men's groups around Leeds, certainly the ones that I know, are places you can go and chat. And, you know, and, 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 and there are workers there and you might get to trust them, but there'll be other fellas there too mm. you can chat to and you'll get to know them a bit. And, and there'll be people, pe- people there you can trust. And then the person there will go, oh, no, it's all right. You can tell her about that. It's fine. Yeah, she'll help you with that. So, yeah, yeah, like you say, it's about those spaces are there where you can trust people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's. I think that's a good point you said there about people building up over time and getting that word of mouth. Because I think when people come through uh, to Lincoln Leeds as, as like a social prescribing service or to maybe Men's Health Unlocked to yeah. for, for their own kind of mental well-being, I think they come in expecting a direct response to the issue they have. So, for instance, some might say I have depression, and much like they would do a, a GP, go and get specific medication for that or a specific action you know for, for that for that situation but then when we tell people this about it's more of a slower process let's just start small get you to some place and allow you to naturally grow within that it, it can be a hard concept for people to to visualize until they've done it and then they've made friends in that area they've, they've word of mouth they managed to grow a network and they've realized that Yes, I've gone to Andy's Mangles Club, for instance, for the first time in 20 years since, uh, like you say, let's say, you know, the wife passed. And what I ended up doing was actually meeting a few fellas there that we made friends and we met outside of that that group and we go play football together or we go do this together and, and build, like we said at the beginning, that social network that women more traditionally might already have and, and kind of uh, invest in compared to compared to men. And, and you said there as well in terms of story that, the vulnerability they have and the issue is that they've shared the story and then they get a bit of a bit of a bite back from it, usually through circumstances beyond their control. So I can see why it is a challenge for them to share. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's for anyone, isn't it? You know, you don't just, it's always a trust is always a little of a leap, isn't it? A little bit of a leap, you know, Certainly so. better to have lost in trust to ne- than never to have trusted at all. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. It's getting like thought for the day now, isn't it? <laughs> we love it here. Definitely. In terms of, and this this can be maybe more of a personal question to you in terms of your experience or people that you, you've seen, mental health and happiness is very bespoke and different for everyone. I mean, what do you see that as in terms of mental health and happiness? What does it look like for you? Well, you know, I suppose the first thing, yeah, I've got I've got a son, so so seeing my son happy and healthy, that mm-hmm. to me, that to me makes you know it makes me feel makes me feel good um being a good you know being good at things particularly being a good dad um you know being a good a, 
a good boyfriend, a good friend. It's, it, it, you know, I suppose that, that's about self-worth, isn't it? I suppose feeling like you, you're good at something and you're worth something. I think a lot of it is about, I think sometimes a lot of it is about security. And it's either the security you give yourself by telling yourself you're okay or finding things to make yourself, that finding the evidence for that in yourself. But sometimes it can be how you deal with the difficult times as well. I work from home a lot and there's, I've, I usually just work at a desk by the window in a fairly formal setting and by my kitchen. Mm-hmm. But when I'm feeling a bit iffy, I go into the sitting room where my comfy chairs are and it's all really, it's nicely done out there. Um, and I stick on the radio and, and <laughs> I, I, listen to, I listen to classic FM. I don't really listen to classical music. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't really, and if, to be honest, if I was to seek out classical music, I probably wouldn't stick on classic FM because it's just all the, it's like, it's just like Swan Lake every other day. In fact, every day they play Swan Lake, you know, Swan Lake and Beethoven's fifth on repeat, pretty much. So, so, but, but, I was, but it's really good. It just chills me out. It's like, I think it's just kind of reassuring sound of a sort of doctor's waiting room or something. I don't know what it is. You know, and, and, I, 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 and, and it just helps me. There's a bit of sunlight in there and, yeah, it's finding a little happy space, isn't it? It's like, where where is your happy space? Uh, and, uh, the other thing that is really important for my mental health, which I realised, um, which I kind of knew but I didn't fully appreciate, was um, was 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 getting a lot of physical exercise out mm-hmm. out of myself because it, it it if you don't get it out, it comes out in funny ways, you know, um, yeah. you know. Uh, and I used to play football. I used to play Saturday. You know, local amateur league football um, in Leeds and West Yorkshire, and that was great. And you know, it's, and it's you know, it's a pressure moment. You know, it's a proper game, and 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 I'm a goalkeeper, and, and like people would come and watch me, and I'll be turned to this shouting loony and goal, just shouting at the defenders. And it's <laughs> you, Damien, like, but it's all get, it's, and it's, it's it's in the confines of a safe space, a white a box marked out with white paint, which mm-hmm. set rules and regulation. I'm allowed to go like that because I'm in that space, and that's my role. And blah blah blah. Um, and it got sound, and and people know this from running or the gym, whatever. And you get home, it's that lovely feeling of just relaxation and and just feeling content afterwards and just feeling lovely especially if you've had a good game as well yeah you know um and then getting energy three hours later you've suddenly got loads of energy to do stuff so i I think for me i've I've appreciated that now and i I just make sure i get out and do some hard cycling and and things like that to try and get get stuff out of me so yeah and I, i think that's the same Probably for a lot of people, for sure, and certainly for a lot of men. I would say. Yeah, certainly. And I think it's easy to dismiss that. You know, I know me personally, I've always had a, an issue with kind of exercise and my health and, and my weight and, and whatnot. And I think you mentioned there about investing in that because as hard as it seems, it, it pays back out in both energy and dolphins and in your mental health. And it also serves the... The two other things you mentioned there, which is having kind of a sense of purpose and a sense of a role or like a social network, you know, like you said about your, your children and your partner and, and even football where you have a, a role and a purpose and something to do with people who, who depend on you. And I think it's really good to 
promote that more and to actually sit down with yourself and say, okay, maybe I'm not a gym head. Maybe that's not what I'm into, or maybe I'm not into football or this, but finding something that is going to give you some physical exercise, but also connect you to someone new and give you the sense of, okay, I need to be there each week because they need me to be there and we're going to work together and and do this thing. I mean, that's a great way to really embed mental health and, and happiness. So, I mean, really appreciate you sharing that. The the other thing we often ask on on this, and I think we we've kind of covered it a lot there actually, was about people sharing their story and what stops them from from reaching out, connecting to people. We said there the the men they often get, you know, uh, bitten sometimes from that, or you know, they're vulnerable and then they they end up getting a bit of backlash. Is there anything else that you feel would would stop people from connecting? What what other kind of barriers or, or other things would stop people sharing their story? Do you think? Um. Yeah, there's a few things. I know, I know. Obviously, there's there's a talk about the sort of men's norms and how men aren't brought up to show feelings and and to show to, not to show their feelings or perhaps to show them feelings in a less healthy way than mm-hmm. than they might. Um, and having unkind expectations upon oneself about what one should be, mm-hmm. you know, needing to be big and strong and not be affected by problems and just carry on regardless. And there is that, and that is very true. And I think that sort of, those sort of um, expectations can be placed on you from a very, very, very young age, you know, you know, you know, starting with, with parents and how, and how their parents, how they were parented and how they were, you know, mm-hmm. so, you know, and there's of course the sort of wider, wider emphasis as well, things like the media and, you know, how we construct boys and girls toys and things like that. So, so there is, there are those, that sort of self, how one sees oneself, um, and how you expect yourself to behave. But there are, I think there are, there are other things, um, as well that stop you, um, from, from opening up. I mean, one classic one is fear of not being believed, of course. Mm. That's one. If, um, if, uh, or feeling like no one will really, understand or feeling that you're just going to be a bore, a bore. you know these are classic mm-hmm. things i think for, for for all genders um i think domestic abuse and and male victims of domestic abuse i think they find it particularly hard perhaps mm-hmm. to open up because all, all victim survivors of domestic abuse regardless of gender find it worry about not being believed it's, yes i haven't i haven't worked with female victim survivors and not much with male victim survivors either but but that is what I understand from when I talk to people who support these these people. You know, they, yeah. Um, the trouble with the men thing is that thirty, according to the National Police and Crime Survey, thirty percent of victims of domestic abuse are male. Mm-hmm. Um, but only four percent is of, of service users are male. So mm-hmm. The amount of men you take, so that's like a huge gap. Now, if you're looking at that. You know, some of that might be a fear of not being believed, mightn't it? Because because you're a man, and and, and you, or you don't think the service is out for you, out, out there for you. Or you, you, you. So that's like one example of one area, which may be more of an extreme area. But I think for anyone, that's that's an issue. Um, and also, I think giving opportunities to people to have those conversations as well. And that's why things like what your service is absolutely brilliant, linking leads. You know, directing men. And, and, and others into the services they need 
And that opportunity for a little bit of extra hand-holding as well, sometimes, as I know, in your services, which is really important for men. Um, but, but having those opportunities there in the first place, I mean, we've got community centres, but actually in many ways, certainly for, for, your, for your white British men, at least, you know, mm-hmm. um, the pubs were the community centres for them. That's, mm-hmm. where you, that's where you, maybe you shared your worries in your own sort of particular way, but your mates at the pub knew if you weren't quite right. And, and you know, and so, and they would look out for you, and maybe if you showed it in your own funny way. But yeah, that's where your networks were for for for, for, for your sort of classic white British men, if you like. That loads of those pubs are gone now. It's too expensive to go. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. don't you give them instead? To, oh well, we go to the football. Well, they can't go to the football now because they're priced out of that. A lot of the guys that we're talking about yeah. that we're working with, access services that you and I support. Um, yeah, where do these guys go now? You know, well, where are the football pitches? Where can I go and kick a ball about? Not as easy these days. A lot of them are getting built on. You know, you know so, yeah. so, yeah, we, we as a society, I think, need to look at what those with power can provide for those without power. Mm. And rather, you know, and let, let's not concentrate too much on what those without power could be doing to make their lives better. Yes, of course, we, of course, you can always improve yourself. Of course, you should always be looking at yourself and how you can mm-hmm. improve your situation, how you can improve the way you are to other people. Think about how others feel, what your actions put in. Of course, you should always think about that. But let's not put all the onus on those guys and, and mm-hmm. those people. Let's look up and say, look. Let's give the opportunities to these people because you give people opportunity to do things, give them the facilities, give them the tools, and most people will 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 flourish mm-hmm. after that. Yeah, most people are decent. Most people don't want any trouble. They just want to get on and have a good time, really, don't they? And other people should be all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone just want, just wants to be happy and, and comfortable and, and secure, as, as what you said earlier. And I think that's a really good point about. You know, we, we do pull over onus nowadays on people doing things for themselves and, and taking control of their own life, which I, I do believe in. But like you say, there's also, that's a very hard challenge when the opportunity isn't there, when, especially in this health economy, it was mentioned in, in the previous episode with someone else, how confusing it can be. You know, times have changed a lot and there's not those natural occurring social networks anymore. People are having to go out and find them and, and it's very different. And I like to think that's where, hopefully, the, the higher-ups have, have given funding to Black Hour Service to help people with that and provide the opportunity. And I think they should do more of it, regardless of, like we say, their gender or, or community. I think it happens to to everyone. There's certainly something to, to push forward and, and change, hopefully, in the future. Yeah. We'll come to the end of, of our recording today, and it was it was lovely to speak with you. Damien, really great just to just to chat and, and have things out. Is, is any kind of final thoughts, uh, anything you want to kind of just send off with our listeners before we, we finish? Yes, um, there is. I, I think, um, um, well, there are two things. One is, uh, this is for, for any men uh, who might be listening or, or for any people who support you, men, such as, such as your good selves. Mm-hmm. I'm just letting you know about our What's On For Men that we have on our website. It's a directory of men's activities. So people who are putting on activities for men, they put up their activities on there. And if you want to do try to find out what's on in your area, you can go on there and have a look at it. You can filter by area, mm-hmm. theme, things like that. Um, so especially amongst your colleagues, if, if they if they want to use that, it's hopefully it's a really useful resource. Yeah. And it's um, www. 
forumcentral.org.uk forward slash MHU. That's M for Mike, H for Hotel, U for Umbrella, Men's Health Unlocked. Brilliant. So, yeah, on there you'll find the directory. Um, and really, just if anyone wants to get involved in Men's Health Unlocked, what does that mean? Well, basically it means come along to our networking meetings, join in there, find out what's going on, but also come and be part of our steering group. If you're a man out there, you've got an interest in mental health, you might be volunteering for a group, you might be just doing your own stuff in your neighbourhood, helping people out. You've got an interest in, in men and making them feel, making, improving their health and well-being. We want you on board with what we're doing. We want to hear what you've got to say. We want, we want you to help us make our decisions. And we've got, we've got groups that we set up where we make decisions and we will be setting up projects that you can do around, around, around areas like how do we increase? How do we get to? How's the block of flats with some men in? What are we going to do to try and get them out? Right, let's do, let's do free free chips and coffee for them in in, in the foyer. Yeah, let's go and yeah, do that. Yeah. yeah. Their listeners get in touch if you want to be part of that and, and develop further or if you just want to check out the website of Farm Central for what's on. Thank you to my guest Damien for being here today. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for coming on and, and do take care of yourself. Yeah, and you. Thanks very much for having me. That's it for this week. Massive thank you to our guest. So we hope to see you next time. But in the meantime, if you or someone you know needs help, then contact us at linkingleads.com. Alternatively, you can give us a call on 0113 336 7612. Thanks.